This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young, we're almost to the stars. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me here again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV, radio, and terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Before introducing my guest of today, I want to first thank a couple people, as I always do. I'd like to thank my sponsor, Halton Honda, for believing in the content, believing in me and the program and my guests. I also wish to thank very much C-Suite Radio Network, my family over there, where, of course, following the live show, you can eventually see the podcast link uploaded on my host page, Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. So who is my guest today? Well, my guest is a gentleman by the name of Evan Sanchez. Who is Evan Sanchez? Well, Evan is the CEO of Springboard Consulting, a management consulting firm based out of Flower Mound, Texas. His intuitive flow coaching psychology has been implemented in leadership and sales skill development programs, corporate wellness, and executive coaching producing performance revenue increases of 47% on average. This high-performance mindset is currently outlined in his new book, Sell Like a Champ, that focuses on building the top mindsets, tool sets, and skill sets for peak performance in sales. With more than 25 years as an entrepreneur, sales professional, personal trainer, coach, and as a former member of semi-professional Albuquerque Gunners soccer team, Sanchez knows all about setting goals and the champion mindset necessary to achieve new levels of success. In addition to bachelor's degree with special study in sports psychology from Texas Tech and the University of North Texas, he's been the owner or co-owner of three businesses, director of sales and marketing and senior consultant with global consulting firm Kepner Trico, sales manager at Land America American Title, and a sales director at the Dallas Business Journal. Evan lives with his wife and three children. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you, Evan? Wow, what a great introduction, Lisa. I'm doing awesome, having a great day, uh, nice and sunny here in Texas, even in the winter. So I couldn't awesome. ask for anything more than to be here with you today. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. And I'm so glad and grateful to have you here as my guest of today because we're going to be focusing and talking about a lot of my favorite yummy subjects, which, of course, are incorporated into your successful uh, 25-year span career in entrepreneurship. Now you're an author of a book. You're doing all kinds of wonderful things, emitting fantastic energies into the world and really helping people scale their business and really help enhance and enrich their lives through the use of tools for mindset. So let's just jump right into it. First of all, as I always do, and although this is an unscripted show, I believe it makes for a much more organic uh, dialogue, I'm always interested in the inception of my guest journey. So where did this all begin for you in terms of this being your focus, this being the areas of expertise in your market? You know, for me, I think um, I was born with what some would call the gift of gab. 
Um, <laughs> I can usually make friends with a lot of people really easily. And if you talk to my parents, they'll tell you that anytime I had an idea of something that I needed and they told me no, um, I would go back and come back with three or four more plans uh, awesome. of ways that they could actually do what I was asking them to do uh, based upon the information that they had given me. I found a way for them to overcome those obstacles. <laughs> Good for you. A little bit of a rebellious spirit, too. I love it. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I just I didn't take no for an answer. And I, I think that that's, um, you know, that's key in sales. Obviously, you're going to hear no and you have to be able to kind of let those things roll off your shoulder and just kind of move forward. But, you know, combined with that, um, I also believed I was going to be a professional athlete as a child. And so I had a high level of uh, confidence and ambition, and I had enough skill as a kid to where, you know, I was playing at the top levels, and I did have the great coaches that, you know, helped me elevate my game and, and basically believed in me. So when when you have a great environment and you have great positive parents and you know great family around you nothing can really ever go wrong if if you have your your clear clarity in your vision of what you want to do and thankfully i had all of those things the the unfortunate thing is that my body didn't keep up with that and so i uh ended up suffering an injury and they said guess what you're not going to be a professional athlete and then I went through the, well, heck, who am I now? What am I going to do? Um, you know, probably about 10 years of my life until, you know, one day I, I kind of got to a certain point in my late 20s where I said, you know, is this really all there is? You know, I had a nice car. I had tickets to the Stars games and, you know, going and doing fun things with my friends. And, and life just wasn't that fulfilling. And that's kind of where it all changed for me. That's where we – uh you know, we were personal trainers. We were trying to help our clients, and we started trying some of these new tools, some of these new mindset uh, skills that we had learned, and and really just from trial and error, not only started helping our clients, but I totally changed my own life. And so um, that's where I transferred into helping other people. And so, you know, now my motto is help to build one another up. And with Springboard Consulting, we help you elevate your thinking so you can elevate your business. And so, you know, I had the championship mentality. Um, I had the uh, trials and tribulations where I stumbled and I didn't do well and I was no longer a champion. And I looked back at my life and found the things that were good and I applied them to my current situations and life just took on a whole new meeting, uh, more fulfillment, more vibrancy, more energy. And now I hope to do that with my clients. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well, we share yet, we, we have so many parallels in our journey and some of which in the backstory there with the championship mindset and sports and wanting to aspire to be a professional athlete. I very much share that in common with you, Evan. I too was a competitive, different sport, mind you, a competitive swimmer. And so we trained six days a week, twice a day. And of course, I was always in competition with myself and the pace clock. It was an individual yeah. sport as opposed to a team sport. But really, you you know, when we talk today about always aspiring to be the best version of yourself, I can really say that that derived out of my experience in sport with the mindset, with phenomenal leaders as coaches and mentors, and really just adapting every aspect of what I learned through intense, rigorous training on a consistent basis with the goal of wanting to go to the Olympics. I didn't go to the Olympics, but somebody who I trained with did. 
and represented Canada and did quite well, Joanne Millar. So I just want to say, you know, there's a lot of things that you're citing here as principles, as background uh, to what springboarded you into your success today that I can very much relate to. And it's truly resonating with me, as I'm sure is with uh, the listening audience here. So why don't we talk about in terms of when you interface with your clients, when you're meeting with them, say, for an initial consultation, and I'm sure everybody's situation is unique, their circumstances are unique, um, what are the essential core ingredients that you believe and what you would impart to your clients as being core, essential, pivotal, uh, non-negotiable in terms of really taking it and elevating business to the next level? Well, you know, in, in our book, Sell Like a Champ, we broke it down into 10 different mindsets. And the reason we did that is because one mindset is easier to attain before you move on to the next mindset. So um, depending upon where the person is, I would give a different answer. But the one core element that I believe starts with uh, any type of growth is having an attitude of gratitude. Mm, yes. And I think when you can get into that, then you can start to uh, gracefully start to accept what may seem like criticism, um, <laughs> which, you know, that's when our stinking thinking comes into play. Right. You know, <laughs> now, now, you know, you're putting me down and, you know, I have high levels of self-consciousness and, you know, I, I have a high need for reassurance and you're telling me that I'm doing something wrong. Well, no, I'm not telling you that I'm doing, you're doing something wrong. I mean, indirectly I am, but the reason my intent is to actually help you improve. And so that's something that you learn in and you're open to as an athlete and in having a coach and in knowing that you don't know everything. So just having that, that attitude of gratitude, I think is, is number one for any key mindset, but as we kind of outline in our book, Sell Like a Champ, you number one, you have to believe in yourself. If yes. you don't believe in yourself and you don't believe in your product or your service that you're representing, guess what? The buyer or the person that you're trying to lead doesn't believe in you either. Exactly. Bingo. <laughs> and so, you know, there's your there's your level of influence just gets depleted uh, right there, right off the get-go. So, you know, you have to have this belief in yourself. Um, you also have to have enough self-awareness, you know, know yourself, know others, uh, know how to do things for others. But you, you also have to know what your strengths are. Um, you have to play to those strengths. You know, I, I'm I'm five foot eight and, you know, I, I have really good leaping ability and I was really fast, but I wasn't like the biggest guy. So, you know, I played soccer. I didn't play basketball. Right. <laughs> you know, those guys that are like six foot five and they have lots of strength and they can jump and, you know, dunk the ball, that they're playing to their strength. And I think that that's also key um, is being able to identify, okay, what are the skills and talents and natural strengths that I have and, and how do I continue to build upon those and not just forget about your weaknesses either because everybody has a weakness. And I think a lot of times with a lot of the strength psychology and the Gallup strength finders and all those things that are out today – you know, people will just focus on their strengths and say, oh, well, I'm not going to focus on anything else. But the reality is they need to focus their strengths on overcoming their weaknesses mm-hmm. at, at the same time. So, you know, again, you, you've got to play to these strengths, but you also have to work on your weaknesses. Um, you have to also know that sometimes you're going to be scared. 
and things are going to be uh, unknown. And, you know, I like to talk about flipping the perspective of things. And I'm sure, Lisa, you experienced this when you were getting ready for a swim meet. You know, yeah. what, what did you feel? Well, I, I mean, it's, it's very much a mindset, right? It always was before leading up to a major event, a competition, particularly if we were out of city and out of country. So, you know, it was very much about, I, I got very, very exceptionally clear as you have to be when you're at that level of competition to tune out the noise. You know, yeah. I didn't pay attention to what everybody else was doing or saying. I really got, uh, inside myself. I really played everything over mentally. In my head, my flip turns, uh, my reach, you know, how to shave off like a split second of a time on my best time, what I had to do to come into the wall faster. And again, it's like everything. It's the things that we talk about today that become kind of like catchphrase or, or buzzwords. But truly, I learned that at a very young age. You know, never look at the people behind you. Don't look to your left. Don't look to your right. You keep looking further ahead. You look straight on and you look for that wall and you landmark it and boom, you just touch. Then you look around you, then you look at the clock, then you see where it was that you, you, you know, you managed to place within the competition. But you can't be focused no matter what you're doing, whether it be sports. And I love sports analogies because they, they parallel so many elements of just everyday life. Um, you know, you just, if you're going to be successful, if you're going to be top of your game, if you really are committed to being the best, most improved version of yourself on a daily basis, it's not never ever about being in competition with other people. It's not comparing yourself to other people. It's, you know, how can I be a better interviewer? How can I get better guests? How can I, um, or equally, because every guest I've, I've been blessed to have has been equally stellar in their own right. You know, how can I improve my stats? Who do I need to interface with? Who's top of their game that I need to align with? Who's the dead weight in my life doing personal inventory on a regular basis that I need to get rid of because they're not serving me and they're not aligned with my energy? And my energy is always with the commitment in mind to operate at my highest vibrational level. And that's very much a sports mindset, truly. You ask the Michael Jordans, you listen to the YouTube videos, you read the biographies, you know, they'll oftentimes in a different way of phrasing it, they'll tell you exactly the same things. Exactly. And and what I love about all of that is that you went through the, hey, I'm in control of this. I'm not worried about what other people are thinking or doing. I'm focused on what I'm going to do. I'm competing with nobody else but myself. Each mm-hmm. day I compete, I look to get better and better. You even included something that I call accidental success, right? Yeah. If I hang yeah. around with successful people and do what they do, I'm going to become successful. If I hang around with people that are not successful and do what they do, I will become unsuccessful. It happens the same way with weight loss, by the way, right? You can have accidental weight gain and accidental weight loss and the same thing. So your surroundings are a really big piece of that, right? It's, But first you have to focus on yourself. And first you have to raise your own game to that level of, you know, that energy, that high level of vibrancy, that high level of focus, that high level of um, confidence where – you're envisioning what's going to happen and you're looking at how that is going to come true versus, oh, my gosh, I hope I can win. Oh, my gosh, I hope I hit that flip turn the way yeah. that I envision because that's when the self-doubt comes in. That's when the anxiety start to come in. 
And now you're what would be, you know, something that you could use for your success, that being positive eustress energy, now becomes anxiety. And now it starts to become crippling and it starts to become stressful. And now you can't perform at the highest levels. So it's all about finding this, uh, this zone that you, yes. you get into, right? And we all talk about the zone. Um, and one of the reasons we talk about, um, in our performance psychology, we talked about it being intuitive flow mm-hmm. is that intuitively I am in my zone. Yes. And I, I'm not just in my zone with me, but I'm also in that zone when it comes to my family. And I'm also in that zone when it comes to working with my peers and my coworkers. And I'm in that zone so much that now it's overflowing into my community and it's overflowing into, you know, other surroundings around me. So now this whole accidental success or accidental performance starts to take on a whole new look. And you see this. We're getting ready to see this. This is so cool. We're getting ready to see this in action at the Super Bowl in Sunday. You got it. (laughs) These guys, these guys have been playing individually their entire lives and now they're on the Super Bowl team and they're getting ready to come together and we will see some amazing feats of teamwork, unity, um, things that you didn't even know could happen. We'll, we'll see them happen this weekend. And that's what's so cool and exciting when you can take that same type of performance and that same type of intuitive flow and then roll that into your place of business or Absolutely. roll that into your group of friends. You know, it's what life is all about, in my opinion. And we call those, you know, defining moments in life when you actually get there and experience that. These guys that are playing in the Super Bowl on Sunday, that's a defining moment in their lives. It absolutely is. And there's a few things that that simultaneously came to me that I want to address, some of what you said earlier, uh, closer to the top of the hour. But just sticking with this point right now about the Super Bowl, you know, when I watch athletes being interviewed for something that's upcoming, whether it be the Olympics, whether it be the Super Bowl, whatever it is that their specialty is, their niche is, what they've trained their whole life to do, you know, they will oftentimes say in their individual interviews leading up to these events, you know, we don't look upon it as the Super Bowl. We don't look upon it as the Olympics because that can subconsciously really trip you up. So, <laughs> right. you know, so what yeah. you do is you look at what you do day in and day out while you're practicing – You look in your mind, you visualize and envision and recall and recalibrate your best defining practices, the things that you got right in your practices, and then you transfer that over in the moment of your moment to shine. You know, so of course for everybody else, the spectators, the people, you know, who have paid for the tickets who are there, it's a big deal for them. And I'm not minimizing it. It's a big deal for the players, but the players, in order to keep themselves grounded, they're just doing repetitiously, repetitiously what they do day in and day out. And they're, they're aspiring going into that no different than they do every day that they practice. This is going to be my best practice. It's all going to come together. My skills, my mindset, you know, the repetition of what I needed to do to to advance myself to get to this point. But they don't trip themselves up by focusing on, oh, my God, this is the Super Bowl. Don't screw this up. you got to get this right. It's a totally different mindset. They treat it as if they're going into every other normal, everyday practice. And and that's the whole point of it being intuitive at this point, right? Intuitively, I just know what to do. Well, obviously, you have to practice. 
right? And they say, you know, you're going to play the way you practice. And you're exactly right. It has to be another day at the office. Yeah. This is just another Sunday football game. I'm going to go do what I do, and I'm going to win because I'm a champ. And that in itself ends up becoming this self-fulfilling prophecy that we put out there, which also leads to we can create the reality that we live in. Mm. And being in that intuitive state of this is what I do, this is what I do naturally, this is how I win, and then continually challenging yourself to elevate your thinking, elevate your performance. Because if you don't challenge yourself, you'll actually fall back into the comfort. And, you know, I don't know about Canada, but I think in the United States, that's what a lot of our issues are, is that we look for things to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. And when we look for things to be comfortable, we actually miss out on things being extraordinary. Right. It could be the thing that trips you up. Well, I don't think it's a geographical thing. I think it's a human condition thing. You know, I just matter. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't yeah. matter where you live. There's always going to be a populace of people. There's like there's two different pods of people. And I want to jump into Tony Robbins in a minute. Something that came to mind. But I yeah. mean, there's the people who know how to execute intuitively, and there's the people who execute whether they're doing it at a subconscious level counterintuitively. So when people are always finding themselves cyclically having the same conversations, either with themselves or with their business partners or in their community with whomever, their smallest circle of friends, you know, why does this always happen to me? Here I am again. I can't believe this happened to me again. Well, look, one, how are you dialoguing with yourself and what are you doing to shift? You know, what are you doing to shift? And going back to Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins says the one essential successful ingredient that all successful people consist of and embody in their own right is raising your standards. You know, when you raise your standards, you elevate your game. And, you you know, the whole objective is to outperform yourself. That's how you continuously become the most improved, best version of yourself every single day. Right? Yeah, absolutely. The, the core, the core to, you know, what, what we brought into that in Anthony Robbins, I love that quote because at the time when I developed intuitive flow, when people said, what is this? What are you trying to do? It's like, I'm going to do what Anthony Robbins does. I mean, he's the only one that I could think of that was in the same lane of what I was trying to do as a yeah. personal trainer, right? I was trying to elevate from being a personal trainer to, now working on this whole mindset thing that went beyond that because, number one, once you help somebody with their core health, they, they start to elevate in other areas. Their energy raises in other areas. And so you get into these conversations like what Tony Robbins was having. And one of the core pieces, the challenges that we were giving people at that time was once you identified what it was that you were looking for, now how can you add urgency of application to yeah. get to that next level? So it was also that immediacy, right? Not just looking to what is that next level going to be, but now take action with it. Massive action. You have, and I love that you, you emphasized and, and inserted the word urgency because it very much is. And see, when I find that people who operate at this level too were very cognizant of what it is not to take life for granted, right? The people who yeah. max 
days, the 24 hours that we're all afforded. We all have 24 hours, but how we choose to execute or not execute or what we choose to maximize in terms of putting ourselves out there, interfacing and connecting with the right people, aligning with the right people. You align with the right people. You align with with opportunity after opportunity. And there truly is no coincidence to that. That's you aligning with the energy that you're emitting and it's mirroring. So, you know, you and I having this synergy on radio, it's because the way you live your life, the way you choose to navigate, and again, emphasis being on choice, it is a choice, and how I choose to execute myself on a daily basis, we're mirroring each other. So you're the people that I want to continually have in my sphere because by you challenging yourself to always up your own game, if you really care about me, you're going to also mutually extend that to me. It's like, you know, you're not going to allow me to play small in my life because you don't know how to play small in your own life. Right. Right, And it's also just part of the conversation. I mean, look, we just started having a conversation and now we're continuing to elevate each other's thinking all along the way. And it's not because I'm trying to get something out of this. It's just that we're sharing our like minds and we're sharing our experiences. And, you know, if there's something that I can do to help you or an insight that I can give you, then that's there. It's free. I mean, just getting around the right people is so key to uh, being successful and, and really achieving a life that's fulfilling and worth living when you, when you have so many people out there that are stuck. And some of them have some really rough times, you know, that, that they have to work through. But at the end of the day, if you can go back to that, what can I be grateful for? Mm-hmm. And what can I start with here and start changing my thinking and ultimately now changing my self-talk which will lead to changing your behaviors. And when your behaviors change, then perceptions outside of you, other people's perceptions of you start to change, and conversations like this happen. They hook up with more positive people, people that are more successful, and everything starts to open up for them. But they do have to take action. Well, and and when you shift your mindset and you make it non-negotiable, this is how I'm going to operate. This is how I'm going to execute. These are the people I'm going to align myself with. You know, there's no coincidence, again, when people often talk about, oh, my God, I can't believe your, your rapid, momentous, consistent growth, Lisa. Well, that's that's inner work. I mean, that's not something that just magically falls into people's laps like mine or yours, Evan, that, you know, when we're committed to going inside ourselves and going, okay, what is it I have to really examine about myself? What are the things, as you said at the top of the hour, you know, focusing on your strengths? And you said something that was interesting. I'm going to challenge you a little bit here. So when I, you and I would both know very well and probably follow Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, so Gary Vaynerchuk, he's done, you know, extensive, uh, live streams and webinars and he oftentimes talks about don't focus on your weaknesses, focus on your strengths, maximize your strengths and outsource your weaknesses. What do you think about that? I agree, but I disagree at the same time and I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, in, inside of, inside of intuitive flow, uh, there's three main pillars. The first one is focus. And when you talked about how you have this extreme level of clarity and you start envisioning uh, the way you're going to swim in a comp- competitive swim meet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're focused, right? Then there is another time where you're also in a state of pause. 
and you're at your state of pause when you're on the deck. Mm-hmm. What what is going through your mind at that point in time? When I'm on the deck. When you're on or the like, deck and you're waiting for the whistle or the gun to blow, right? Yeah. They're getting right. ready. You're getting ready to jump in. What's going through your mind at that time? The wall. The wall. I'm I'm focused on that wall. And so, regardless of how many strokes I've counted out in my practice, uh, my continual practicing to touch that wall, I'm playing over my stroke. I'm, I'm doing, I'm playing over my pull and I'm thinking about the strokes that it's going to take to touch that wall, to do the flip, flip turn to get back. I'm focused on that wall. I'm not focused even on the clock. I'm not focused on the other people that are on the block ready to dive in at the sound of the gun going off. I am, I am laser focused. I am, it's just my lane. It's that stripe down the pool. I've got it in my mind how many strokes till I touch that wall and I just go like shit. I just, you know, as soon as that gun goes off, I just go, you know, I'm not thinking about anybody. I'm not, I don't even hear the noise in the crowd. I'm not hearing people cheering me on. I'm not hearing anything. I am just so in the zone about touching that wall and sticking it. So that's your focus in moving into the pause and your connect is that wall. You're yes. like, okay, I'm focused, I'm I'm up on the stand, I'm getting ready, I'm going to take a deep breath, and nothing is stopping me, I'm getting to that wall. Yeah. That's your, that's your focus, pause, connect piece. In that instance, it's easier. You're, you're so well trained, you've been preparing for that moment, it's much easier to get into that mindset of being, having that extreme focus, being able to take that pause and say, okay, I'm going to connect with that wall. That's your focus, pause, connect step. So for me in soccer, you know, it was more along the lines of a penalty kick or a kick where I needed to put the ball in a certain area. So Mm -hmm. I knew exactly where that ball was going to go. I knew exactly how I was going to hit it with my foot. I knew exactly what angle it was all going to hit, but I didn't think about any of that. My focus was where I was going to put the ball. I had already done enough practice to where this had become intuitive. Mm -hmm. And so I took a deep breath. That was the pause, and I envisioned where the ball was going to go, and then I hit the shot, and that's where it went. I didn't think about the the hundred nuances that -hmm. were going to happen in that gap between what I was focusing on and what I wanted to happen. And in life, a lot of times, we have these pause moments where the pause is more than a second or five seconds. It's like I've got a big goal that's six months away or three years away. And that focus and then the pause time to where you actually connect can get cloudy. And when it gets cloudy like that, and this is where I'm wrapping back to the strengths and weaknesses – I want to rely on my strengths, but typically one of the reasons that people don't move forward and challenge themselves is that they're facing an area that's a weakness. Mm -hmm. So in positive psychology, one of the findings that they found was that it takes three positive emotions to overcome a negative emotion. Mm. So it's not one-to-one. Right. <laughs> right. You gotta right. be overly positive. You gotta have three positive emotions to counteract that one negative emotion. 
So what we do inside of Intuitive Flow is we say, okay, I want you to identify three, at least three, but three to five strengths, and I want you to find the area that scares you. Mm. And typically it has to do with a weakness. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to apply those three to five strengths towards overcoming that weakness. Well, there's another uh, type of psychology called flow, which was uh, named, he didn't invent it, it's the zone, right? Mihai mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, Csikszentmihalyi, he did a lot of studies, and he wrote a lot of books on flow. And the state of flow is actually found, which is also the zone, whenever you have a high degree of skill and a high degree of challenge. When those two things meet, you will garnish extreme focus and extreme fulfillment in life. Yeah. So when you're facing something like getting up on the block and you're focused on the wall and it's right there, bam, you can hit it, you can focus on that, you can connect, you can go. It's much easier to remain in the zone and be focused in that instance. So now let's take that same feeling and let's put it into, okay, now you've got a year-long vision that you're trying to accomplish as a business to elevate from one level to the next. I want to find what you're good at, and I want to find what you're missing, and I'm going to put you in a state of flow, and I'm going to challenge you to address those fears and those weaknesses that you have. And when you do that, you will find flow in work and in life. So I don't agree with avoiding with weaknesses. I agree with uh, believing that fear is awesome and the gateway to your dreams. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's interesting. I'm going to break that down a little bit because, uh, you know, other thoughts just came to me as you were explaining it. And you explained it so succinctly and so eloquently. So thank you for that. Um, I think, you know, I don't like speaking for people, but my interpretation, my takeaway from Gary Vaynerchuk, and I, I am aligned somewhat with the message in, in, in the message itself. So it's not, it's not denial. It's not avoidance. It's not choosing to not be cognizant of what your areas of deficiency perhaps might be. And if the areas of deficiency, like let's say, for example, I love content. I'm very good at producing content. I'm very good at meeting deadlines. I'm very good at, uh, you know, putting myself out there, remaining in the flow. I have a very uh, solid mindset. The areas that I'm not good at, which are still required for me to execute and get my stuff up, I'm not good in things like the back office. I'm not good with graphics. I'm not good with things to pull the punch together and make it more effective and make things stand out. Does that mean that I'm I'm not aware of what my weaknesses or my deficiencies or my shortcomings are? Absolutely not. Of course I am, which is why I outsource that stuff. But the things that are going to carry me that are indicative of my spirit, honoring my journey, focusing within my 24 hours of what I can possibly emit in any given day, I'm going to go with and channel it with, okay, this is my strength, this is my passion, this is my mission, this is my quest, and I'm not going to, uh, I, I'm not going to shortchange doing what I'm strong at because I'm stuck up on like I don't understand links and I don't understand back office and I don't know how to embed things in a, a graphic or whatever. No, I'm going to outsource people to do things like that and I'm going to focus on my strengths knowing that those strengths are what are going to continually propel me and take me on the trajectory of where it is I say I'm choosing to go. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not, but yes, if you're talking about intrinsically there's areas of weakness like, um, you know, when it comes to being able to 
recalibrate your mindset, things that are going to impede your strengths, things that are going to trip you up with self-dialogue. I'm not talking about don't work on those because those weaknesses, if you don't deal with it, if you don't shift it, if you don't identify it, yeah, that's going to always kind of counterintuitively somewhat sabotage your success. I'm talking more like skill set. Yeah. Well, Lisa, I'm glad that you're bringing this up, and this is why I wanted to have this conversation and why I said I agree, but then at the same time I don't because I think that those two things get confused. Well, wait a minute. You're telling me that I shouldn't focus on my weaknesses. Well, wait a minute. You're telling me I should just focus on my strengths. Well, in what way are you framing this conversation? True. It's all context. Right. It's all in context. So now the way that you framed it in the words of business and pertaining to my role, right, in the role that I play within my business or within my job, you know, does it make sense for me to go study accounting if I'm a salesperson and I'm not selling for an accounting firm? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Right. But if I'm a salesperson that's selling for an accounting firm, I probably need to know a little bit about accounting. So I may be really good at sales and I can utilize my strengths there. But because I'm selling for an accounting firm, I need to learn a little bit about accounting and that's going to be a challenge for me. Right. So so in that context, elevating your performance does have to do with focusing on a weakness that you have and improving the capability and the skill to do so. Now, when you're running a business, I, like you, I am not the embed this link here person. <laughs> you know, I mean, yep. it, it's tough. And, you know, there's I go to different uh, workshops to improve my own performance, you know, and I learn new tools and people talk about how easy it is. And some of them are getting better for sure. But at the end of the day, I'm like, there's other people that are much better at this than I am. Right. And uh, I go and I I find that help. And so in my opinion... That's actually you uh, utilizing one of your strengths, mm-hmm. right? If you're being strategic, right? So I know that this is a weakness of mine. So strategic thinking, I'm going to actually uh, find somebody else who can do this in a shorter amount of time. And, you know, we also do the exercise where we add up for people, you know, how much money they're actually losing um, by not outsourcing something right. that cost $10 an hour or 20 hours to do, uh, $20 an hour to do, it's amazing the amount of um, loss, opportunity loss that's calculated in there. And when people are talking about return on investments and, you know, we look for non-value activities inside their organization and we find those all the time. And people say, oh, we can't afford to work with you or, you know, we're not, we're not really doing well financially. And, you know, we look at it and we're like, okay, because you're spending, you know, 80% of your time on non-value activities. That's right. <laughs> you know, so you can't afford that. not to work with you. Like, really? That's exactly right. Exactly like, what's the right. point of being in business? Right? Truly, right? If everything you're doing is kind of self-defeating uh, and it's imploding and you're not seeing the growth that you actually can aspire to obtain because your your resources and your time and your energy is being extended counterintuitively, well, year in and year out, I mean, you may not exist next year if you don't change it up. Yeah, and this is this is the whole idea here of this is why people need coaches because they will continually go down those roads and you know i i kind of liken it to 
you know, when people ask, what is it that we do? Um, I'll say we bring a new set of eyes to your situation or your company because a lot of times when you're the fish inside the fishbowl, you can't see the water that you're swimming in. You don't see that it's getting cloudier and cloudier and cloudier until it's like, oh, my gosh, I can't see. Very uh, good analogy. Right. When we come in from the outside, we can see areas where it's clear. We can see areas where it's cloudy. And then we can help the business structure where their priorities should be. Whereas if they're part of the environment, they're just doing their best to survive. And without that outside perspective, going back to being open to, you know, some criticism that's for their best interest, feedback that is there given with the intent to help them, um, if they're open to that, then we can help them. And it's the same thing for an athlete with a coach, right? They're, they're going to tell you that you're doing something wrong or maybe you're just not doing it in an optimal way. And then they're going to give you feedback to help you, you get back on track. And if you don't have that ability as a business owner, and many of them don't because most of them are so focused on, and the successful ones too, they're so focused on the invention or the idea or the purpose, the mission of the organization that they're able to carry those things out. And then they wonder why the employees can't carry things out or why the employees don't act like owners, you know, and right. it's like, well, because they're not the owner. <laughs> and right. it's because you're going from, you know, leadership role to management role, a leadership role to management role. And you don't know how to roll this stuff out. You don't know how to delegate. You don't know how to define roles and responsibilities. You don't know how to define uh, goals and strategies and tactics to achieve those. Uh, there, there's so many different things that can go into, um, you know, whether or not a company is going to perform. And I always say that, you know, unfortunately, leaders, it's your, it's your responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> you can't Ultimately, blame it, it on the, the staff. Yeah. No. It is. No. When you're at the helm, you've got to take accountability and responsibility for everything. Right? You truly, truly do. It doesn't matter who within your team fell short. Ultimately, you're the face to your brand. You're the face to your, your vision, your mission statement, your whatever. So if one of your team falls short, uh, you know, ultimately you're the one that still has to take accountability for that and you've got to come up with a solution. You've got to rectify right. that. Right. What's the plan? Don't, don't blame people. You know, it's funny. Um, when I worked with Kepner Trago, we did a lot of work with project management, and um, we also specialized in problem solving and decision making. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because we would get, you know, business owners that would come in or big executives, and they'd be like, our people need to be better decision makers. And we'd say, okay, great. Well, let's talk a little bit more. You know, what's telling you that they need to understand how to make decisions better? Mm-hmm. And so then we would get into this conversation, and it would typically roll up into a project where, you know, they weren't meeting the times, they weren't meeting the costs, and the performance wasn't there. So that meant that there was decisions being made in there that they didn't know why they were making those decisions. So from an executive level, they were bad decisions. Mm -hmm. Well, then we would ask the uh, executives or the higher levels, we'd say, okay, well, was this, uh, are these strategic projects or these operational projects? Good question. And how are they actually funded? Mm-hmm. Then we would get into a different conversation around, well, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And, and then we would start to explain to them, and then we'd say, okay, so now that we know which ones are your strategic projects and which ones are your operational projects and which ones you have money for, mm-hmm. what's the priority? Yes. And they'd say, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, after that conversation, it wasn't that their people needed to make better decisions. It was that the leadership needed to identify the strategic priorities strategically and operationally and properly fund those and then also allocate enough people to actually be able to carry out those projects because now they don't have projects competing based upon who had the loudest voice or who had the most authority or the most influence. You could actually say, if you're on two project teams and you're working on project A and project C, project A is the priority. So if A and C have a meeting, you go to A. That's right. So, you know, from a strategic and a, uh, you know, an executive level, they're actually creating the environment that is allowing their people to make better decisions. Not that their people needed to make better decisions. <laughs> they needed to have an environment. And so, you know, it, it's twofold. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And also the end goal, too, the the objective is never just to survive. It's to thrive. So if you're just surviving, yeah. you yeah. know, because some, some people will look upon, you know, you know, we, we talk about that five-year benchmark about, you know, if you've succeeded in business for five years, then you've kind of made it. Well, I don't look at it that way. If, if you are still in business operationally within that five-year benchmark, but you're still surviving and you're still treading water and you can barely breathe, um, I don't see that as a successful business. You know, I, I mean, but if you recognize it and you elicit the supports that you need, if you're, if you re-strategize and you go back to the drawing board and you're, you're constantly reevaluating, reassessing, okay, what do we need to do better in order for the sixth year to be like, okay, we've taken all the skills, we've taken everything that we've learned, we've adapted it, we've pulled it together, and now we can say that we're in the flow with business. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's interesting that you use survive and thrive. I, I love that. In our own model that we created for Springboard, it's called our elevate or Springboard Your Business model. And in that model, we help companies identify what stage they're in. And the, the levels are inception, which would be a startup. Yeah. Uh, level two is survival. Level three is growth. Level four is expansion. And then level five is maturity. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I had a conversation the other day with my 17-year-old who believes she's an adult. And I said, honey, (laughs) there's some 40-year-olds that still aren't adults. You know, that has nothing to do, age has nothing to do with your maturity. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing in business. You, You have a business that's five years old. And if it's still at survival, it's still at survival. What are you going to do to get it to growth? Because the way I define survival real simply for a lot of companies and business owners is I say, okay, what if you went away for six months? Would the company survive? And if they say no, I say you're in survival mode. Mm -hmm. So we're going to work with you to get you into growth mode, which means we're going to start talking to you, Mr. or Mrs. Leader, on how to build a high-performance culture within your organization. So it moves beyond you. It moves beyond you, and you're able to put the right people in place 
and the right values and standards so that people know how to win, they know how to behave, and they actually feel like they're thriving versus yes. surviving. Because in the survival mode, a lot of times it's because the owner doesn't know how to build a high-performance team. They don't know how to let go of certain things. Mm-hmm. And until they let go of those things, their business will continue to stay in survival and they'll be staying uh, further away from thriving. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, Evan, I want to give you an opportunity. Where can people find you? Where can people buy your book? Where can people seek you out for coaching? Um, anything upcoming on the horizon, on the calendar that we should all be jotting down here, taking notes so we know we can either attend or we can participate? Yeah, so we have a couple of really cool things going on. You know, we, we have a consulting firm and a lot of times people are like, well, what is it, what is it that you do? And, you know, like when you're working with an individual and you're coaching them, you're meeting them where they're at and you're determining what you can do to take them to that next level based upon what their desires are and what their vision is. Mm-hmm. And so we do the same thing with companies and we do that under Springboard Consulting. We decided last year to break some of our products up so that we could start helping some other markets. And so I'm really excited about 2018 because we were getting busy in 2016 and then we would be full. And then 2017, we got busy, we would be full. Same thing. We we were having some problems scaling ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing that we decided to do was to offer that $20 thing, if you will, that yeah. everybody can afford, that everybody can utilize to get exposed to us. And that was the beginning of Sell Like a Champ. So we launched Sell Like a Champ in December of 2017. And as you mentioned, it covers the mindsets, tool sets, and skill sets for peak performance and sales. It's not your normal sales book. You know, most sales books are going to be process-oriented. Most companies, in order to improve sales, they're wanting to improve product or service knowledge but they still have a group of A, B, or C players. And so we wanted to write a book that was about, you know, how do you become an A player? How do you know where you are? So we have some portraits in there of, you know, are you selling like a champ? Are you selling like a contender? Or are you selling like a chump? And, Love it. Um, <laughs> you know, basically the chumps are, you know, they're, they're the ones that we talk about that are draining energy, right? They're the... Mm-hmm. They're, they're bitching, they're moaning, they're whining, they're complaining, they need a cheaper price. Um, it's always somebody else's fault. There's low levels of accountability. And, and I'm not going to say that we're not all there at some point, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't want to be there very long or you will be selling like a chump. When you don't have the consistency, you're up and down, you're selling like a contender. But when you can get to where 80% of your self-talk is positive, and you're performing at the top 10% of your group, you're now selling like a champ. So I'm really excited about Sell Like a Champ in that book, and we actually have an offer right now at www.selllikeachamp.com mm-hmm. where you can go on there and you can actually get the book for free as long as you pay for the shipping and handling. So we have that offer right now at selllikeachamp.com. The newest thing that we have is that, you know, when I talked about those levels of maturity in the businesses that we work with, that survival stage, a lot of times we're getting people ready for the growth stage. 
And when they're in that survival stage, we were having some people that couldn't afford to work with us. Mm-hmm. And we would give them, you know, three to five strategies and say, hey, we want you to go implement these. And, you know, if these help you, then, you know, you can come back to us and we'll probably be at a point where we can help you grow further. But until then, we couldn't really help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we did is we actually uh, created a licensing program for uh, startups and also for businesses that are under a million dollars. So what these are is they're online license programs for uh, e-learning in sales and marketing. And, you know, when we talk to startups and new entrepreneurs that are looking for funding and they've got this great idea, I always tell them, hey, that's great. I'm glad you're looking for funding. I'm glad you got a great idea. Where's your sales? Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of times they're waiting for the funding to get the sales. And yeah. I'm telling them, look, if you get the sales, you're going to get the funding. Exactly. <laughs> and, and if you show some traction in the market, you're actually going to get more money. So Very true. start on the sales part. So, you know, we've got a, a new platform, and that is newbizspringboard.com. And that's spelled N-E-W-B-I-Z. S-P-R-I-N-G-B-O-A-R-D.com. So newbizspringboard.com, and that is specifically for entrepreneurs, people who are just starting a business who don't have a whole lot of money. And Mm -hmm. they can actually go through an assessment on that platform. It will understand exactly where they are in their business, and it will give them a 52-week e-learning program with videos, workbooks, uh, lessons each week. It takes them about one to two hours a week to do each lesson, and that will help them to grow their business. And it's literally the cost of a gym membership. So Fantastic. you know, as a personal trainer, <laughs> I'm excited about that, yeah. right? Because they yeah. don't have the money. So just being able to give them something for a whole year that they can pay, you know, thirty nine ninety nine a month for, um, if they're serious about business, this will help them grow their business. Super. Evan, I, I just want to say I, it's been such a treat to have you, and unfortunately, the hour goes way too fast for my liking. We can yeah. certainly bring you back on to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald because for somebody who's as committed to rapid growth as what you are and executing it on a daily basis, no doubt there's going to be all kinds of updates uh, in the near future that you can share with the loyal listening audience and the podcast subscribers. So sorry to cut you a little bit short there, Evan, but I just want to say it's been a fantastic fantastic interview i've loved our time synergy is always awesome between you and i i want to thank the loyal listeners for taking time out of your schedule for joining us here on living fearlessly with lisa mcdonald with my guest of today evan sanchez really encourage you if you haven't been able to listen to the live show uh to take advantage of the podcast link which will be uploaded shortly and again you can find that on my host page with the c-suite radio network i want to thank you for being one of almost half a million podcast subscribers couldn't do it without you and I just want to thank Halton Honda as well, my sponsor, for believing in the content of the program, for believing in living fearlessly with Lisa McDonald and everything that we embody here on the network. So until next Friday, we'll be back here again at 8 a.m. Pacific, 10 o'clock Central, 11 o'clock Eastern. I want to wish you a fantastic weekend, uplifting you to fear less and to live more. Love and gratitude. Take care. All my best. Thank you so much, Evan. I can't thank you enough. Thank you, Lisa. Enjoy it so much. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
Well, thank you. We'll talk soon, okay? Sounds great, Lisa. Bye-bye. Okay. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.